listening to Unscripted, the film show. Man, I'm walking here! I'm walking here! Here's Johnny! You're gonna need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Wanna hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> a tool. Point. <laughs> Sorry. Clearly, I need to give Lewis a little <laughs> bit of a warning. It's like in the in um, we've been doing it for long enough. You'd think like a few seconds before we actually go to talk, mm. we don't talk because the mics are going on. It's like Wayne's World, you know, where they go five, <laughs> four, three, yeah, and then exactly yes, yes, yeah. but. Uh, uh, not not so much. Well, the two of I was referring to was the, the the two little adapter things that go on the headphones, so mm. we can jack them into the desk, and then I can wear headphones and look all professional and stuff. Yeah. Somehow I've lost uh, both of the two I had, and now I have none, and and I can't uh, jack in with my uh, tiny little. What headphone is that thing. from? Is that from hackers? If you if you're not jacked in your. I, Something around Probably, other. probably, yeah. It, it sounds about right. It sounds about right. I don't even know if I ever saw that movie. Ha- hackers. Yeah. Well, Angela Jolie, Johnny Lee Miller, you didn't see that? that that's where they started the relationship. Yeah, they got married, didn't they? I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, for a while, for a little while. Yeah. Uh, and then she married, married Billy Bob. And, Billy Bob. And had the little vials of blood and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then she married Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. God, she's, she, she's like, that's a, that's a pretty, like, you know, full on kind of, she kind of like traded up each time though, didn't she really? Oh, Johnny Lee Miller's pretty good. Oh, he, he's great. But, I mean, you he's know, not doing a whole lot now. Yeah, but, but, but yeah, back in the day. It's did that like, have Matthew Lillard in it as well? Yes, it did. Okay. It did. Yeah. yeah. I really one day should should watch that. Maybe. It is. It's a. It's a. It's a very good film. Very. Uh, it's. So, it's so funny though when you go back and you watch these films that you know you thought you loved as a kid. Like mm. after watching uh, Matrix Resurrections the other day, uh, Kat and I were like, "Oh, what should we watch? Uh, should we watch a movie?" And she was like, yeah, "Yeah, I think we're done with Christmas movies for this year." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, fair enough. Uh, let's watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and keep the you know, Keanu love fest going." Yeah. As we watched that, and it was like, "Wow, this is really old looking now." It's. It's very. It's just very strange. It's. Uh, it's aged so poorly. It, it's funny because Matrix Resurrections. Oh, sorry, you're listening to Unscripted, the film show, by the way, with Lewis and Rachel and Cecilia. I'm assuming is on her way. Uh, no, I don't think she's in the studio tonight. Oh. I think uh, she had other uh, things it's to do. Fair enough. I was yes. going to say it's New Year's Eve, but it's not. That's tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's what you're listening to. But because Matrix: The Resurrection is or whatever it's called is out um, on commercial TV, they had which. You don't have anymore. No. Um, they had the original Matrix, and so, <clears throat> excuse me. So I started watching that, but it was on quite late. Plus, you got all the ads that are in it mm-hmm. as well. And eventually, I had to go to bed, so I didn't finish it. But there was a lot of stuff that I realised I didn't remember. Mm-hmm. So, for some reason, I thought that um, it was aliens that had taken over. Um, but it's not. It was AI. In mate, the mate, you thought it was aliens that took over, not not the it's artificial intelligence. It's been a really long time since I've seen it, and and because I was rewatching the original, the the most recent one, a lot of the things in that are so much of a harken back to that first one. Because mm. um, you did you only watch the original and not the <clears> other two? I only watched the original, not the other two. Right, and we and, and everything made sense to you when you saw. It still made sense. They did harken back to those other episode uh, uh, other movies but i didn't think it was necessary i kind of made some i joined the dots yeah, basically yeah. 
Um, but I think I was too harsh with The Matrix Resurrection. I feel like I need to watch it again. So I think I only gave it two whatevers mm-hmm. um, or maybe two and a half. But I feel like I've been thinking about it over the last week and a half and especially since seeing the old Matrix and the old Matrix did take quite a while to get into the actual Matrix itself, mm, if that makes mm. sense, which is what I was annoyed at in this latest movie, that it took so long to get into it. But that happened in the first one. So they've kind of just followed along. Yeah. So um, I feel like I need to rewatch it to appreciate it. I, properly. I honestly uh, love the the new uh, Matrix, the Matrix Resurrections, uh, and I thought it is like a sequel to the the, the previous trilogy. Mm. There's no no two ways about that. Uh, and yeah, just ask the question when you saw the trailer, like you see uh, Neo and Trinity, they're kind of back in the Matrix, and it's like, oh, how do they get back in there? Why why are they there? What what's going on? Uh, and it was it was really interesting. And then you you had. Um, you know, a version of Agent Smith coming back in this as well. Um, he was played by uh, the guy from... Um, oh, his name's escaping me now The guy now from too. Hamilton uh, who plays the king. Uh, and, uh, also Mindhunter. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Uh, last week, I just whenever I reviewed it, it, it just came off the tongue. I didn't even have to think about it. And, um, but and, now it's gone. And also you've got, uh, if you've seen the trailer for it as well, uh, you'll know that Neil Patrick Harris is in this. And, yeah, I love Neil Patrick Harrison anything, but I, I thought particularly this film was a, a good use of his talents. Jonathan Groff. Jonathan Groff, that's the man. Actually, I just realised um, I have another movie to talk about tonight and it's called 8-Bit Christmas and oh. it's got Neil Patrick Harris in it. It's available on Binge because I think it's a HBO film. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I can jump... I, I can let you finish um, your Matrix yeah. review first and then I'll jump into that one. But yeah, I just thought the, the, the film as a whole was, was great. Um, it really reminded me a lot of the very first Matrix film mm-hmm. and it, it kind of like the first Matrix film, it could have just been a, a one and done we don't need to do any more, but then they decided to do the two more um, movies after that. And again, with this one, I think it kind of like, you know, it's a story within itself. So you don't really need to, you know, do another sequel to it or anything like that. You could just have this as the last of the Matrix films. Chances are, if it makes some money, there will be a Matrix Resurrection mm. 2 and 3. But, like, I, I think that they did a good job of, you know, wrapping the story up. And if they want to leave it there, they, they can based on previous experience, I probably should. <laughs> it was very long, though. It was a long film. Uh, it was two, two and a half hours. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think... It felt long. They needed to have that time um, again because, you know, even though we do know uh, a couple of the characters, you're still reintroducing the world, where the world's at and the new characters. And yeah. so there was a lot of that, that world building. There wasn't, yeah. a, there wasn't much shorthand you could do uh, with most of the new characters and those kind of things. Yeah, and, and with, with getting Neo back into the Matrix yeah. and everything. So I understand why they took so much time. So... Yeah, but yeah, I I love the the new Matrix film. I'm going to give it um, uh, four deja vu's. Uh, meow. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I I was on some kind of Facebook site and somebody said, um, "Has anyone watched that new Eight Bit Christmas on HBO? I think it was HBO, mm. wherever it was, because it was an American group I was looking at." And I'm like, uh, don't know anything about this. So it's a new Christmas movie and um, 
It stars Neil Patrick Harris in sort of a very princess bridey kind of scenario where um, he is telling a story to his daughter of how he got his first Nintendo. So he's doing the narration, but you also do flip back to him and his daughter you know, while he's mm. telling the story. And the the story is him in the 80s in Chicago, 10-year-old kid or 11, um, and everyone's number one present for that year is the Nintendo. Everyone's, you know, desperate to get it. So he and his mates, um, there's one person who in their, like, school who has one mm. and he's like super rich and a total a-hole <sighs> so he's got all of these stipulations you can you can go and watch him play or whatever and then yeah he's he's a bit of an a-hole <laughs> um but these guys they're they're doing everything in their power to try and convince their parents that this is what they want but um and then there's this um it's like they're, they're part of the Boy Scouts or something, something similar to that, but they're selling um, Christmas wreaths. Right. And so the person who sells the most Christmas wreaths that year ends up with the Nintendo. But it doesn't quite go according to plan, so they have to crack a, a, a new plan to try and get this Nintendo. So there's um, – it's basically, you know, hearkening back to the 80s um, and – yeah, they're trying to get this this amazing, amazing toy. So it's got mm. all the sort of things you would expect from a movie that's being nostalgic, nostalgic about the 80s, you know, all the clothes. He's riding his bike and he's, um, he's, you can hear the narration in the background where the daughter says, you were wearing a helmet though, right? And he's like, um, yeah, I was wearing a helmet. <laughs> and it's like all of a sudden in the scene a helmet appears. So... Um, very much latchkey kids back in the day. It also stars um, playing Neil Patrick Harris's parents, although it's not Neil Patrick Harris as the child, right, obviously. Yeah. That would be weird. Um, Jake Doyle is played by Winslow Fegley, so that's the 10-year-old the him. <coughs> Sorry. And his parents are played by Steve Zahn. <coughs> Sorry. Right. I seem to have inhaled a whole bunch of dust or something. And June Diane Raphael as his mum, Kathy. So if you're not familiar with her, she's very, very funny. Um, and who doesn't love Steve Zahn, honestly? Mm, mm. So um, if you do have Binge, you can still watch it on Binge. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, it's PG, but I did watch some. It's not like dirty PG or anything. <laughs> so I did watch it with my son and he he quite enjoyed it, thought it was funny. So I'm going to give this um, four Cabbage Batch Kids because right. that's the other toy that lots of people want that year. Uh, we gave our, <coughs> our niece a, um, a Care Bear. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's uh, for babies. But she is a baby, so that makes sense. She's, yeah. She's You're talking like, about Lola, yeah? Lola, yeah, She's yeah. like two. Well, she's one and a bit. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and we gave her this Care Bear that uh, you press its butt, you press its hand and uh, it like lights up a rainbow on its stomach and then it plays this really, really <laughs> terrible song. Uh, and uh, yeah, but it was like three plus and we're just like, ah, she's old enough. So we, we gave her that. I yep. think that they say three plus because um, there's a little thing we've got to unscrew it to take the batteries out mm. and they're scared. 
mad that the uh, the um, you know the, the the one or two year old might get their hands on a screwdriver and then unscrew it and then swallow the batteries. Yeah. So they obviously think that these kids have a lot of dexterity in their fingers. Yeah, they don't. No, no. not not at that age. No, my son still doesn't hold a pen right. <laughs> He's getting better. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. We both saw Encanto. We did, yes, yes, the new the new Pixar film, Encanto. It does sound like Lin Manuel Miranda, because it is him. Uh, obviously, uh, there's a lot of other people who are involved as well, but um, it is now available on Disney Plus. Um, my son saw it at the cinemas um, a week and a half ago, I'd say, with my dad, and then we did say it was going to be out on Disney Plus on the 26th and he badgered us um, every day until it was out. So we we did have to watch it, all myself and, and him had to watch that film. Um, <laughs> it's actually, Encanto's just a Disney <coughs> film, not a, not a Pixar <coughs> film, isn't it? Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it is. It just says uh, production companies, Walt Disney Pictures, Walt Disney Animation, so it doesn't say uh, Pixar, so it must be, uh, yeah, um, just Disney. Yeah, it is, just Disney. Mm. Did you want to give a little synopsis? Uh, okay. Um, so uh, in Canto, uh, you have got uh, a family in Colombia and uh, the, the grandmother was running away from uh, like some up, Roar that was happening in Colombia. I'm not sure about the history, but uh, yeah, I believe it was some some sort of like you know, soldiers. Yeah, and so she was running away. Uh, her husband uh, dies, but she makes it away with her three uh, three kids, triplets, uh, and then she f- like finds this magic candle which imbues her family with powers, and then also builds this you know, magical castle uh, or house uh, where where they all live. And the house itself is almost sentient. Yes. Itself. Yeah. So yeah, the house is like yeah sentient, and then uh, the, all the people that she was escaping with uh, become the villagers who live in the village, and and the, her family become the protectors of these villagers. But as uh, time goes on, the the um the, her three kids grow up, and her three kids have uh, more kids, and each of the the kids gets given a particular power that they use to support the people in the village. So uh, one of the um, uh, one of the uh, daughters has a, a power to be able to control, like, the weather. Uh, another one has the power to heal people with her food. Uh, and another one, uh, the, the son Bruno, uh, he kind of predicts the future. Uh, mm. And then they, uh, well, at least two of them, they have kids and their kids also gain powers as well until one of the, the, the children... Children, uh, is born and it was her day to you know get her powers and then she got no powers mm. and so she's kind of like the black sheep of the family but she's all cool about it she's happy to be you know part of the family even though she hasn't got her powers no nah, she's not no nah, no nah, 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 nah. she's not she's totes devastated yeah <laughs> um she sings a whole song at the start about you know how amazing her family is and all the kids about uh, like continually saying what about you what about you and she just keeps deflecting and actually that first song um towards the end of it you you really start hearing that Lin Manuel Miranda like influence because she gets faster and faster to the point where I can't really understand what she's saying. Yeah, um, that was one thing I didn't like about the songs. Um, I, I struggled to understand um, all of the lyrics. Maybe it's because I'm old. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, poor old Mirabelle. 
Yeah, so I was, she, yeah. she doesn't have the powers. Um, she is voiced by Stephanie Beatritz, um, who people would know from, uh, is it Reno 911? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, oh, sorry. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, yeah, sorry. yeah, I was close. She was also recently in The Heights. Um, but, yeah, she's quite well known. <clears throat> Bruno's voiced by John Leguizamo. Um, so, I, and he is sort of... You don't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. Um, so that's another one of the songs. He is kind of, he was sent away or he left he, of his own volition. He left of his own volition, yeah. Yeah, because people didn't like the fact yeah. that he was having these visions and unfortunately a lot of them were negative. So he, he kind of left. Um, you've got Louisa who is the the daughter who has all the strength or the sister mm-hmm. that has all the strength. She's probably my favourite character and out of all the songs, I think her song was probably the best. So you see them all struggling slowly with their powers and their powers are slowly diminishing. So Mirabelle has to try to figure out why this is happening um, <clears throat> and to do that she does try to seek out Bruno to figure out where all these missing pieces of the puzzle are, are going to fit together and literally mm-hmm. um, and tell this story of, of why the magic is disappearing. So um, it's it's a okay movie. I, I actually kind of liked it. Yeah? I did. I thought it was like um, too often you get these kind of like films. I, I mean – in a lot of cases with Disney, they'll kill off the parents like you know pretty quickly, mm. um, and so you never have to deal with them. But whereas this film, you had uh, you know parents and you had kids and you had grandkids and you had family, and the family was trying to be functional, but there was dysfunction within the family. Yeah. Um, and it was not usually you'll find on these Disney films they'll go out on some sort of quest and have to find something or do something or, or that sort of thing. Where as with this, it was kind of more the the whole point of it was you know fixing the family dynamic and relationships you're moving forward. Um, and so I think that's very kind of relatable. It, it, I mean, most people have uh, you especially know, at Christmas. Yes, true, true. Most people have um, you know family issues every now and again. So I, I think most people can kind of relate to this. Most people can relate to being different you know yeah. being in their family but not feeling like they're in their family if you know what yeah, i mean yeah so i thought it was great um and i also thought that the um yeah, again, uh, it's set in Colombia, but the, the 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 people in within the family were also very diverse as well. Mm. So there's a bit of diversity there in the family. Um, and yeah, I just I really enjoyed it. I thought that the house was great with all the little magical things that the house did. Um, I thought the supporting cast was was really good. I I, I enjoyed the songs, and you're right. I don't think um, uh, Lin Manuel Miranda actually wrote any of the songs, but mm. you could feel that his influence was there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I really, really did enjoy it. I thought it was, uh, it was like the animation was superb. Yeah. There was just one point in the film, I think they were just sitting around a table and just went, my God, this animation is good. <laughs> I, I liked when they went into, so each each person's room kind of has an element of their um, strength uh, or, sorry, their gift, I guess, Um and uh, when you walked into, I think it's Julieta, when the one who can create flowers mm-hmm. and beauty and everything. I mean, that was lovely. Uh, there are a couple of really, really great songs. Again, Louise's song I really liked and the song they sang about Bruno. Um, <clears throat> also really loved that song. But um, my son loved it, but I, I thought it was probably more of a three and while I was watching it, I was thinking, oh, I can understand why my dad didn't like it at all. <laughs> 
not his cup of tea, um, but still good. And I mean, it's available on Disney if if you're looking to to watch anything. And actually, we rewatched um, Tom and Jerry yesterday because it is now on Netflix. And this is the film that it came out earlier this year, and it is. Um, sort of talking animals, talking animated animals plus live action and, you know, generally speaking, I hate those things and I actually quite enjoyed it this year when we watched it um, at a preview screening and I re-watched it again with Bryce yesterday, oh. bits and pieces of it and still, it's good. Yeah. You know, yeah. If you if you want to entertain the kids over the holidays mm. and you don't want to take them to the cinemas, it's it's good. The the uh, um, sister Isabella uh, has an interesting arc in this in the movie as well. I thought, like the um, with uh, you know everyone expecting certain things of her mm. as well. So I kind of like the way that, that her, her story arc went as well. So there's a there's a bit in this in this film, um, and yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it. So uh, I you only gave it three, did you say? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I'll I'll give this one uh, three and a half uh, cracked roof tiles. Mm. And I do apologise that I keep uh, clearing my throat. I've um, I keep like <laughs> stepping away slightly from the microphone, but I'm sure you can still hear me because uh, yeah, I've inhaled some dust or something, and it's it's just gone down the wrong way. Yeah, it was it was weird. Like it just came in. And you're talking to Arda. And all of a sudden you started coughing for no reason and it yep. was like... You just I took a big intake yeah. of breath and I think I just consumed something in the in in that <laughs> breath. I don't know what it was. Um, but, yes, it is making it difficult to talk. Um, so we've got... Um, so you watched something called Last Laugh, did you? Yeah. I, now this, I didn't realise it wasn't a, a brand new film. I thought it was new, but it was, it was new to me. But I, I kind of uh, thought this was an interesting uh, movie because uh, you know I like you know stand-up comedy and and that sort of thing and this film had uh, Chevy Chase in it so I thought well this this looks uh, like something that uh, is going to be an interesting film to watch um, and so yeah it's it's called Last Laugh and it's um, Chevy Chase um, and Richard Rich- Dreyfus looking um, it's it's interesting when they do the um, the, the posters for these things, just let them be the age they are. They have clearly, like, um, smoothed out the skin of both of the main characters oh, yeah. and it makes them look very weird. Yeah. You know? Like, just just let them be, man. Yeah. So so um, Richard Dreyfuss uh, plays a character who was a comedian 50 years ago and was like, you know, really getting, gaining some steam, gaining some momentum, was about to go on to the Tonight Show or whatever it was called. Uh, and then um, he just decided to quit and become a podiatrist. And uh, so he just left show business behind. And Chevy Chase was a an agent and he was the first person to discover, I think it was Buddy was the character's name. Mm, Buddy Green. Um, the first person to discover Buddy and to get him you know, out there on the road and was you know just building him up and then yeah Buddy decided to go the way of uh, feet and uh, and just th- the the next time they met was when um, Chevy Chase's character was going to a uh, like retirement village and was getting a tour. And Buddy gave him the tour, but like you know, uh, he decided to have a, a walker, and uh, and he blacked out some of his teeth, and he was wearing a hat, uh, and then just like making it sound like it was a miserable existence there, uh, and then revealed himself to be Buddy, and they they kind of reconnected. Um, but uh, what was Chevy Chase's character? Um, his name is Al Hart. Al Hart, yeah. So Al doesn't. Um, 
you know, he's one of these guys, even though he's in his 80s, he's just not ready to not work. Mm. And so he just wants to, to keep on working until he dies kind of thing, uh, which I don't understand, but apparently some people do that. Yeah. Um, but uh, he, um, you know, puts it out there to Buddy, hey, man, what about we you know, hit the road and uh, you know, get the band back together and you start doing comedy again? And initially Buddy is hesitant to, to doing this but then decides, what the hell, I'm not getting any younger, let's go do this. And, yeah, it hits the road and, uh, and goes and plays these different comedy venues all around America with the end game being on the, the Tonight Show. And it was just a really sweet kind of comedy, you know, um, to see an old school comedian you know, getting back out and uh, and doing his thing and playing his trade and um, yeah really really good uh, really good movie um, the, the the supporting cast was was fantastic as well um, you had Andy Mc, uh, Andy McDowell uh, in there like plays a, a love interest for Al um, Chris Parnell plays the um, uh, the the son of of Buddy uh, Lewis Black is in there as well uh, Richard Kind um, who else is uh, big big person that uh, that thing there uh, there, there were some other people that show up that you'll you'll kind of recognize yeah as well. like um kate uh, mancini uh or no that's not her name um mccucci kate mccucci she- I, I i i am not 100 percent sure of her name but she plays genie um and you will recognize her um she's been in lots of um, comedies. Yes, she's so. she's one half of um, oh God, I'm blanking on the name of the comedy group now. Um, ah, why well, that's uh, that's so annoying. Um, oats and something. Uh, not Hall and Oats. No, no, not. Uh, I will. I'll get to. The, I'll get there eventually. She does, she does a lot of voiceover work, but she's also been in heaps of um, comedies. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, that's gonna annoy. <laughs> It's going to annoy you, isn't it? Yes, yes. Uh, um, but yeah, no, I, I I love this. I'm going to give this one uh, uh, three and a half um, uh, jazz cigarettes. Jazz cigarettes. <laughs> um, speaking of movies that didn't come out this year that um, we consumed this week, um, our, last week you talked about. Um, f- oh, did Free Guy actually come out this year though? Yeah, it did. Okay, but it's technically not a new film. So. Um, I, after last week and you mentioned it in your um, top movies or movies that made you happy, um, I noticed, I think it's on Netflix. Um, So I watched it and it is about a, um, he's supposed to be um, a non-playing, what is it, NPC, so non-playing. Non-playable character. Non-playable character. Uh, You can tell I don't play games. Um, but he plays a bank teller, so he wakes up every morning, puts the same clothes on, um, gets the same coffee, all that sort of stuff. So, um, but he finds a way to kind of break through um, the system and starts playing the game himself, mainly because the woman of his dreams is um, is playing the game and he's been dreaming about her and there's a particular reason why he's been dreaming about her and it all... Um, comes out later on in the later on in the movie. Um, you said a lot of people didn't like this movie. It's just dumb fun, isn't it? It's great. It's just really you good know? fun. And 
and the bits where um, they they do the uh, Marvel bits and the Star Wars. Oh, bits, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no way uh, they'd be able to get away with that uh, unless like Disney bought Fox, which they did, and then they you know redid some stuff and uh, yeah, brought brought them in there. Yeah, always. and I mean, I was not expecting to see Taika Waititi. He plays uh, Antoine, who's like the the game owner um, and also kind of nefarious. You've got Joe Carey playing Keys, mm-hmm. who is. Um, a creator of a different game that uh, possibly Antoine has stolen some of the uh, codes from. Um, you've got Lil Ray Howery um, playing uh, Guy's best friend, Buddy. Um, so, you know, you've got a lot of really great guys in there. Um, you've got uh, some of it is so funny. Like at the end, they've created Dude, which is like a version of Guy, um, but he's not quite ready. But they put him into the game anyway, so he's um, saying things that don't make sense, and um, you know, it's that that's quite funny. So if you're interested in some dumb fun, have a look at it on Netflix. It's it's very good. Uh, is it Netflix or on Disney Plus? Oh, maybe it's Disney Plus. <laughs> You got me there. It's probably on Disney+. Plus. That makes way more sense because of the Star Wars and Marvel connection. Uh, and the uh, the comic group I was trying to reference before was Garfunkel and Oates, ah. uh, where it is uh, Ricky Lindholm and Kate uh, McCucci, uh who perform as uh, yeah Garfunkel and Oates, and they do um, you know raunchy observational comedy. Uh, but it's very sweet because they're both you know uh, lovely uh, lovely women uh, who who play on ukuleles and band and ukuleles and you know gazoos and stuff like that. It's all, all gazoos very good or kazoos? Kazoos. Kazoos. Okay, yes, we, they play on those as well. you're listening to unscripted the film show so um one more film to talk about tonight and it is the number one film on netflix currently number one trending film um all the statistics are showing that is is the number one trending film um if you've actually seen it that's a bit of an in joke to the actual film Uh itself um and that is don't look up so um i didn't watch the trailer for this film at all i basically went in um cold went cold i went in cold Uh, i didn't actually know anything about what it was about so um that's always a bit fun. Uh, I all, all I knew was that it had a massive cast. So you've got um, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep, Kate Blanchett, um, Rob Morgan, Jonah Hill, Mark Rylance, Tyler Perry, Timothy Chalamet, Ron Perlman, Ariana Grande, Kit Cuddy. It just the list goes on and on. Uh, you know, M- Melanie Linsky, Himesh Patel, who um, who played the dude in Yesterday, and he plays a not nice dude in this, and it annoyed me. <laughs> it upset me because I my I, my heart goes to him, and then he plays a nasty man, and it made me very sad. Um, but basically, this film um, initially. Um, Cecilia talked about it a couple of weeks ago and said it has to do with, she said it's like melancholia where there's something like an asteroid coming Mm -hmm. to Earth. That's the entirety that I knew about it. So I wasn't expecting what I got. So this film starts out earnestly. Excuse me. It starts out earnestly with um, a PhD student, um, Kate Dabowski, I probably said that wrong. Um, she's working one night at the Michigan College and she discovers a comet. Oh, my God. It's very exciting. So she gets... Um, Is that Jennifer Lawrence? 
That's Jennifer yep. Lawrence. She gets Dr. Randall Mindy, who is her superior in. He's got tenure. He's like the astronomer dude. That's Leo DiCaprio. That's Leo DiCaprio. Yeah. That's right. Gets him in um, and all the other astronomy students and starts doing the numbers to figure out where it's tracking and all that sort of stuff. It's very exciting. And then they realise that it's coming to Earth and they've got six months before it comes to Earth. So it, it starts like any other apocalyptic, you know, Armageddon-y type mm. movie. Um, and they then are quickly rushed off after having conversations with the head of NASA um, and the head of, uh, I think it's, his name is Dr. Teddy um, Oglethorpe and he is the head of planetary operations or something like that. I can't remember at NASA. Anyway, so they have these conversations and all of a sudden they've got a meeting with the president, which is when something like that is happening, you would expect that that would happen mm -hmm. quite quickly. So up until they're waiting to the to see the president, everything kind of feels like a normal um, run-of-the-mill Armageddon-y type film, you know, yep. very earnest about everything that's going on. When they walk in after waiting hours and hours and actually having to go into a hotel and come back the next day because, you know, the president is just way too busy to see them, um, they try to explain the situation but the president has no... Um, She's got no interest at all. Uh, she's uh, President Orlean is the name, played by Meryl Streep. She's got no interest at um, at all because there's other stuff going on um, in in the political environment. Um, so these two are kind of flabbergasted. So they decide to um, go to the public, but unfortunately, the public don't quite believe them. So what you you mean the the, the public aren't going to take scientific <laughs> evidence as as no no fact no they won't okay. surprising um, <sighs> they're all interested in like what's trending and they weren't trending enough to so no no one really paid attention to this news um, and Jennifer Lawrence's character specifically got quite animated on the show that she was on so then she becomes a meme mm. so it, it's all these kind of commentaries on. Um, the state of the world and while I was watching it um after it started to go from earnest to absurd I'm like who made this <laughs> and it's Adam McKay so it made so much more sense once I realized who the director and writer was um Adam McKay um wrote the other guys Vice and of course the big short so this kind of feels like the big short which was about um the 2008 financial crisis mm -hmm. with all these really educated people continually telling higher-ups that uh, this is about to go bust and it's really bad um, and, of course, no one pays attention. Um, so it's similar to that. Basically, the scientists are all like, uh, yeah, this comet's coming to it. It's going to destroy mm -hmm. us. It's a planet destroyer and just no one's interested. They've all got their own theories about what's going on. So very similar to like... Um, all your normal conspiracy theory type people uh, who don't believe in immunisations or climate mm -hmm. change, those kind of people. Mm -hmm. um, so it's got some very interesting um, performances. You've got Jonah Hill playing the um, chief of staff for the president. He is also the president's 
son. So a bit of nepotism <laughs> going on there. And his, I, I looked through the trivia and he decided to play it as if his character was like, what if the fire festival was a person? <laughs> so, and it's because of that, there are some quite hilarious things that he, he comes out and says. You've got Mike Rylance playing um, Peter... Uh, Ishuel, I think is his name, and he's kind of a combination of Steve Jobs and Elon Musk. So he's got the whole um, drone um, plane things going in the air. What do you call them? Rockets? Yep. <laughs> Um, phones that feel your emotions, all that kind of stuff. Um, but he also played a very similar character in um, in Ready Player One. So oh, yeah. this awkward, um, socially awkward type person who doesn't make eye contact, and he's kind of he's his own kind of weird genius. Um, so I don't know whether that was on purpose, but basically the longer the movie goes, the more absurd things become, um, the more hilarious it becomes um, because it is basically like a, hi, this is what the world is like right now. And if tomorrow some scientists came and said, yeah, there's a comet hitting Earth in six months' time, this is exactly what would probably happen. So um, you've also got Ariana Grande in there kind of playing a version of herself um, and... <laughs> is she the one who says she got a tattoo of a comet on her back? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, she's even quite funny and they have this – I'm giving away too much. Yeah. I should stop. I really enjoyed it is basically what we're getting to here. It's a great cast. I, I, mean. was, I, was, I was a bit hesitant because it was over two hours long. Mm. You don't feel it at all. It's brilliant. Um, and there is a um, mid – credit scene and a, an end of credit scene. Nice. So just so you're aware, um, I'm sorry if I gave away too much, but it's just, just watch it. It's so freaking good. It's so mm. good. Um, if I had seen this earlier, it would have been in my top 10, honestly. Um, so I'm going to give this four and a half. Um, mm, mm, let me have a think. Four and a half Birkin bags. Birkin bags, eh? Mm. Interesting. They're trending, are they? Uh, they could be <laughs> trending. I don't know. Hashtag. Uh, yeah, it, it's good. Sounds that that sounds awesome. Uh, I um, saw a, a thing from IGN uh, this week, which is the, uh, the top ten most anticipated blockbusters of twenty twenty two. Uh, so I, I thought I'd posted this to our uh, Unscripted the Film Show Facebook page. If you uh, like the the show you're listening to now, or the the, the podcast you listen to, whether it's the live on air Radio Fremantle one hundred seven point nine FM, the top station on your dial, or no one has a dial anymore, or, or the uh, or the uh, the podcast on the Gentleman Pop Culture Network, uh, then um, yeah, you can go to our Facebook page and check out the uh, the list. Got a nice picture of Robbie Patterson there as Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so number one, should you go number one or go number two? Ten. Oh, go Start, ten. Go, go, go ten. Go ten. We'll go ten. We'll go, go ten. ten. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting. I, I watched a, a a little clip yesterday. It was like ten minutes long of the most anticipated mm-hmm. films next year. So we'll see if these all. I was a little bit miffed by the list, to be honest, and I'll tell you why afterwards. <laughs> no, no worries. Uh, okay, so uh, the first two have got a, a link in there. I'll Ten see, and nine. Uh, sorry. Ten and nine. Ten and nine. Yeah. Um, I'll see if you can discover what the link is. 
So uh, that would be Morpheus and Doctor Strange? No. Or uh, Doctor Strange and Bad Adam, whatever no, his name is? No. Uh, in the, this list here, uh, number 10 is Mission Impossible 7. Oh, okay, yeah. No, I wouldn't have got that. So but that, it was on the list that I watched yeah. yesterday. So if, if Mission Impossible 7 is number 10 uh, and there's a link between the lead actor, what would uh, number 9 be? Uh, something with Tom Cruise in it. How could anything he's in be anticipated? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, no. So you're not anticipating Top Gun Maverick? Yeah. I, <laughs> I honestly completely forgot that movie existed at all. Yeah, it, I think it was supposed to come out la- this year, but mm. uh, yeah. It, uh, Stuff happened. Yeah, it didn't, didn't happen. So uh, uh, at number eight, we've got Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. So that's Aquaman 2 mm. for, the, for those of you playing at home. So far, not interested in anything apart from Top Gun. Yeah. Uh, and number seven, we have got Avatar 2. <laughs> Not interested. At number six, we have Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yes, yeah. please. Stick it in my veins. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, at number five, we have got a Jurassic World Domination. So the interesting thing about this, right, is I've not seen Jurassic World. Was that the second one to the uh, – I've not seen the second one – you Jurassic, know, where he jumps off a cliff and yeah. into the water. have not Ju- seen that Jurassic one. Jurassic World was the first one. Right. Then they had Jurassic World something else. I can't remember what something <laughs> else was. Did you see it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, was it okay? The, the second one was um, the island is actually built on an active volcano. Oh, the volcano is going off. It's going to kill everything on the island. We need to go there and, like, you know, save dinosaurs. And then the, these unscrupulous uh, business people uh, go to the island and they take as many dinosaurs as they can. Can. Then they go back to America and they decide to have an auction and then stuff happens and dinosaurs get loose and um, the film ends with the dinosaurs roaming America. And Sweet. so I have um, uh, no idea. Do you feel like I need to see that to see the third one? I, I The only reason I mention this is because I the thing I was watching yesterday said that Laura Dern was coming back and some of the other characters yeah. were coming back So uh, from previous ones, which make me want to see it because I'll pay anything to see. I don't know if um, Sam Neill is going to be in it, but basically, um, uh, yeah, <sighs> Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom, thank Alan you very much. Said. Um yeah, I, I'm, I would be happy to see them both mm. back in. If it's only Laura Dern, I'll probably still see it. But, yeah, I don't know if well, I need to see the second one. To Fallen Kingdom had um, uh, Jeff Goldblum in it. So it did. I know he's yeah. only in it briefly, but I still think it's worthwhile for that. Mm. Um, and, and it's always good. I think Chris Pratt's you know, very entertaining to watch. Yeah. And whenever you've got dinosaurs potentially eating people, more of that, please. That'll be great. Yeah, I, Although, I cannot wait until Bryce is old enough to see Jurassic Park, honestly. Uh, just hanging out for it. Although I, I must admit I'm really just hoping one day that we do actually, like, you know, genetically engineer dinosaurs and bring them back to life. No! It's the only way we're going to find out, A, exactly what they look like, and B, did they have, like, colourful feathers? Because if they come back as giant chickens with colourful feathers, that's going to be amazing. Like, all they're just going to destroy the, the, the dinosaur films from now on. That's that's definitely – they were all covered in feathers, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, that's a bad idea. No, I, What's I, next? I think it's a fantastic idea and I think they should do it. Uh, next we have got Thor, Love and Thunder. 
Oh, yeah, which, yeah. again, I didn't even realise this was coming out. The, you, you know, with Thor Love and Thunder, Jane Foster's going to get the power of Thor. Yeah, so I don't know much about her character because I've never finished the first one <laughs> and therefore have not watched the second one. All of my experiences of Thor have been through the Avengers. But you've seen Thor, uh, like the, the, the last... Uh, and Ragnarok. Uh, Ragnarok. I've yeah. seen Ragnarok. Yeah, well, that, that's okay because, like, it's Taika Waititi who's uh, doing this one as well. Okay. And he kind of reinvented Thor with Ragnarok. He did. So, yeah, I think I think you'll be okay. I mm. think you'll be fine. Uh, at number three, we've got The Batman. Yeah, so this is going to be set in the 90s, isn't it? Uh, or the is it the 80s? I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I don't... I've not really I looked too much into it. I have a feeling it's set in the 90s. It does make life easier. Like the the further back you set it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Well, it's. I think the thing is, like, um, you think about like horror films. Mm. Um, you know, people in a cabin, and uh, you know, stuff goes down, and then they get killed by a killer. You know, these days you've got your mobile phone, and you can yeah. just like call triple zero to, to get help. Uh, if so, you're in the middle of an Australia and you don't have Telstra, you can't. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's that's a good point. And, uh, yeah, I don't think uh, Telstra would uh, be sponsoring any any horror films because nothing would ever happen in them. But, uh, yeah, if you've got an Optus phone or a Vodafone phone, then, yeah, if you go in the middle of the desert and you're screwed. So uh, that, that could be the, the way around it. Uh, but, yeah, so th- I think it just makes the life easier when you don't have access to phones yeah. and things like that. So. Um, so number two, this is very interesting. We're up to number two already. We're up to number two already, yes, yes. Um, this one's an animation, uh, which is the sequel to... Uh, the, the Spider-Verse. Yes, the Spider-Verse film, yes. So this is Spider-Man... Sorry, I was very excited there. Across the Spider-Verse, part one. Mm. So I don't know if that means that part two is coming out in 2022 as well or if it's just part one. But, uh, yeah, that, that's really cool to see a sequel to that film. And then the number one uh, most anticipated blockbuster of 2022 is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't know how they're going to do that. Which o- is, obviously the, the, the sister is going to be yeah. taking on the mantle. Which is it's kind of interesting as well because she is – she got injured on set and has been off for a long time. I think they're not actually filming it at the moment. So it's going to be interesting if that actually oh. keeps its slot or it gets pushed back. Because, right. um, yeah, it'd be uh, interesting how that goes. Um, also, Marvel has said that they're not going to recast uh, Black Panther, the, mm. the, the T'Challa, uh, T'Challa, at any point. Yeah. it's kind of like, I, I still think that that's kind of a mistake. Yeah, I know Chadwick Boseman did a fantastic job with the character, but to retire a character because the, the, the lead actor has died, it just, like, you know, it's kind of a disservice to, to the actor and to the character. Yeah. Because the character should be able to live on. I mean, if you if you think about it, like in um, Harry Potter, the, the in the first two... Richard Harris. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he was there. I mean, you couldn't imagine them going, oh, well, he's died, so let's retire Dumbledore. Yeah, you yeah. Know, it's not going to happen. So you've, yep. you've got to, you've got to recast, and then a new ca- a new actor will bring a different uh, feel to the character. I mm. mean, same thing with Doctor Who. The same thing with Bond. You know, Spider Man. Spider Man, exactly, exactly. Batman. Yeah. Like it's been done a million times mm. over. So I don't see why. Um, and I do understand um, he was fantastic and and all that mm. sort of stuff. And they're trying to be respectful or or whatever. But. Um, it's an amazing character. Why would you not want to pursue that? Yeah, and it was very, it was very tragic what happened. But uh, and, and you know maybe don't bring him back the next film with a new actor. Mm. But you know eventually yes. don't 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 just be going no. And I think some Marvel fans have actually put out a petition to say, look, we want you to bring the character back. Yeah. So yeah. Hopefully that they will bring the character back. And 
uh, I mean, um, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think uh, it would be good to see uh, you know another actor get a chance to portray that character down the track. Mm, definitely. But yeah, so that was the list of, uh, of movies uh, anticipated blockbuster movies. Obviously, there's going to be a lot yeah. more stuff coming out in uh, in 2022 um, that that we're going to you know going to see. But uh, th- those were the, the you know the main ones. So yeah, so I I watched a wrap up that was similar to that. In a, also mentioned Mobius and. Um, what's the rocks? Um, something Adam. Black Adam. Black Adam. Right. Yeah. It mentioned those as well. So my my issue was that it was just all comic book films, and um, therefore I felt like there was nothing for other people who enjoy other films. Mm. Um, but the thing is, they were concentrating on the the blockbuster things, the things that people are desperate to see. Whereas all the other films um, that we get to see throughout the year. Um, they're all the surprising films that we get to enjoy um, that kind of come out of left field or they're a little bit more independent. So, um, yeah, there'll be plenty, plenty of things to watch next year. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Because <laughs> you can never say that, can you? No, no. We just, just hope that, the, uh, that things improve uh, in 2022, um, that uh, cinemas stay open, that People still keep making movies and TV shows, and they've—that's one of the things. Like uh, you know, we've been so blessed with all the entertainment that we've we've had to just keep us going, and mm. you know, it, it's just—it's uh, great that they've been able to do that. But um, yeah, hopefully, twenty twenty two is a is a better year. That's a. There's that meme going around um, with someone looking back in horror that says, "When you realise um, that twenty twenty two is." Uh, pronounced 2022. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then somebody, I saw another meme today um, that said, you know, it's been a really long year because there was a picture of um, uh, Bernie Sanders, you know, mm-hmm. sitting cross-armed, all cold yeah, at yeah, the that thing. Was, yeah. That was only 11 months ago. It feels like it was a very long time mm. ago. It's been a long year. I feel like longer than 2020. It was a long year, but it just felt very quick as well at the same time. Like it's just yeah, it's it's so weird to think that we haven't really been able to to travel or do anything like that for you know almost two almost years two now. Almost two years, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's kind of it's yeah, it's gonna be weird when when we can freely travel again and and those kind of things. Just uh, being able to get on a plane and fly to another country that's mm. gonna feel very weird when we can do that again. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Doesn't that isn't that happening now? Can't people travel now? See, this is the problem. I don't follow the news, mm. so I have to depend on other people to tell me stuff. And hopefully, I'm trusting the right people to inform me of the right stuff. So, well, when I was, when I say no. free free traveling, it's like when you can travel without having to quarantine or isolate, or right. like there's no risk of like you know, you leave Perth. And when you come back, you're gonna to have to sit in a hotel room for two weeks. Yeah, I think you know, as long as you've got your immunisations, then then it's a free for all. Yeah. Eventually, surely that'll happen because that's the whole point of having immunisations is that you know, you just. I don't want to talk about it. It's too stressful. <laughs> I'm gonna change the subject. I don't like it. This is why I don't watch the news, people. Just it just gives me anxiety. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> so next week. Uh, will be next year. Yes. I don't know um, what we'll have to review. I will be seeing um, the new family, Adam's family, Adam's family yeah. movie on the day it comes out, Thursday the sixth, because since we saw the trailer, 
it has been on our radar the second it came up. So, uh, and then we we got a ticket in the mail today and um, Bryce was very excited. So we'll be seeing that next week and reviewing it next week. But that is all I know. I'll be seeing that that as well. Uh, I'm not sure uh, what sort of, how many movies I'll be watching in January. Although Morbius does come out in January, so I'll be watching that. Um, and uh, also um, uh, in January is the Fringe World Festival is going to be starting on the 14th of January. Tickets are available now, so you can go to the uh, the Fringe World website. You can download the Fringe World app. Uh, you should buy Fringe World tickets, and you should go and see Fringe World shows. Yes, um, because that uh, is great, and you know the ability uh, to go and see live, uh, you know, stand up comedy and cabaret and uh, and circus and theatre and film. To go and see these things is a uh, honour and a privilege, and mm. uh, I think uh, everyone should get out there and make the most of it. Sounds good. Yes. On that note, let's get out of here. This is our last um, one for the year. So happy new year, everyone. And we'll catch in 2022. Enjoy yourselves and stay safe. This podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of pop culture.